Welcome to the Science of Parenting podcast, where we connect you with research-based information that fits your family. We'll talk about the realities of being a parent and how research can help guide our parenting decisions. I'm Mackenzie Johnson, parent of two littles with their own quirks, and I'm a parenting educator. And I'm so excited to be back for season 11. Oh, I always feel like when we take these breaks, it's just like, oh, it's been too long. <laughs> so excited to be back this season. Had so much fun. Remember in season 10, we were talking all about kids and food with Dr. Lindy Buckingham shut. Had a blast. Learned so much. Um, and I'm prepared to learn a lot this season too. Um, I feel like kind of a newbie on this topic, but that's okay. That's okay. As you maybe guessed from our episode title, we're going to be talking about finances. We're going to talk about money, kids, uh, family, how we teach these things. And so in order to provide some expertise and experience and all kinds of good stuff, we have a guest co-host this season, uh, one of my wonderful colleagues at Iowa State. And so we have Dr. Suzanne Bartholomew. Hello. Hey, I'm so glad to have you on this season, Suzanne. We're excited. Uh, I mean, you got a lot of stuff. You, you know stuff. <laughs> oh, well, you know, you you know how to get this stuff organized and outlined. <laughs> so I'm really excited about it. Thank you oh. so much for making money the topic for this season. Oh, yes. And it is. It's one of these things you like maybe don't always think about as parents. I'll admit that. Right. I think about the like guidance and discipline. I think ab about the kids and food. Right. It's easy to kind of forget this as an important topic to talk with our kids about. You're so. absolutely right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which is why lifting it up is just, you know, warming my heart. <laughs> oh, warming good. My heart. Good. Well, and because I gonna say, let me tell everybody your credentials. Like, some of the reasons, not all of them, some of the reasons we're so excited to have Suzanne on this season. Uh, so you're, uh, I know one of your roles is as a human sciences extension outreach state specialist. In other words, Suzanne provides the leadership at the across the state for our organization related to family finance education. You're also an associate professor in the Department of Human Development and Family Studies here at Iowa State. I say, and your parent right? And you're a parent yourself. Like you got the credentials. We're excited you're here, but I mean, you can tell us like what you actually do, right? Those are little fancy titles and things, but tell us about your work. Tell us about okay. things you're passionate about. Thank you. All right. Well, yeah. So I'm an associate professor in the Department of Human Development and Family Studies, and I'm in, in the major financial counseling and planning. So mm -hmm. I, I teach uh, classes in that uh, major students who want to be financial uh, planners or counselors. So that's mm -hmm. what we're training them to be. And then I also do research on financial issues, financial behavior. Yes. Um, and so, so that's one part of my hat, one of the hats, two of the three hats that I wear. And then the big, <laughs> you got a few. Yeah, I got a couple. And so, but the bigger hat is the, um, the extension and outreach, which is the community work with a team of wonderful educators like yourself mm -hmm. who are across the state of Iowa trying to enhance the financial security and well-being of um, Iowans. And so I've been interested in the topic for uh, several decades. I have experienced my own financial stress and, you know, mismanagement of money. And so, <laughs> hey, you know, uh, so they, they say research is personal. And so mm. I'm just drawn to the topic to try and help people. Oh, awesome. Well, we're so excited to have you here to share some of that, you know, in a way that you're used to doing the education. You're used to helping make this kind of content that can feel out of reach for people. Or like, I guess I don't know that you're gonna here to help us make it consumable, right? Give us a little reality, uh, a little dose of that along with what we're doing. I was like, and you're a parent to a high schooler, I believe, right? I am. Yes. Thank you. We have. I have a single child, and so mm -hmm. yeah. 
All the mistakes oh. are being made on her. <laughs> <laughs> That's no, I'll say we do so many good things as of course, at the science of parenting, we believe there's more than one way. So we're doing great things across the board. <laughs> so, uh, so excited to have you here. And we are, we're going to be digging in for our listeners and viewers throughout the season about money. And so today we're actually going to kind of talk about how we do that as parents. And so there's this term, right? Suzanne shared mm -hmm. all this really great, like, research and articles and like, oh, just such good stuff that I learned a lot from. And one of the terms that really is like what it, we're doing as parents is this idea of financial socialization, right? And our listeners know I love to start with a definition. So will you will you give us a definition of this Hi. term? <laughs> yes. Thank you for that opportunity. So financial socialization, and this is from Danis, uh, who's up in Minnesota. Um, mm -hmm. It is a pro the process of acquiring and developing, and there's going to be a long list of terms here, <laughs> values, attitudes, standards, norms, knowledge, and behaviors mm -hmm. that contribute to financial viability and individual well-being. So now that your listeners are, are ready to disconnect, uh, <laughs> let me tell you what it really means as a, as a parent. And mm -hmm. I can call it financial socialization. And I also use the term like financial parenting, right? Okay. So there's three buckets where we're trying to get, we're trying to get our children to financial independence so that when they mm. leave the nest, they are financially secure and they have freedom of their choices. That's financial mm. uh, well-being. So that's our end goal. Okay. So let's all start where we know what our end goal is. But in yes. terms of being able to be a financial parent and, and engage in this process of financial socialization, think about it in three buckets. You're going to try and influence your child's knowledge. And so what they know about the world mm. in terms of finances, you're going to think about their skills and their behavior. So what are some of the um, skills that they need to exist in, in our economy and in, you know, interact yes. with financial services. So things like numeracy and problem solving and that kind of Ooh. thing. And then finally, last but not least, the attitude and confidence that you develop in your child, um, which is really a reflection, I think, of our, as parents, what we model in the household, what we value, what we demonstrate to our children is going to come through in our child's attitudes and, and their confidence. Mm. And that so what, yeah, so what you want, how you want, we know as parenting, like what you give is what you're going to get, right? Mm -hmm. in terms of, <laughs> right? For better like, or for worse, you know? <laughs> when I yes. see that same expression I used to give to my, you know, little, my little girl coming back at me, I'm like, oh, why did I do that? <laughs> right? <laughs> Good intention, right? Positive intent that we had in yeah. things. And I like that breakdown of the three buckets, right? Like, I love like a terminology right like an academic a formal definition because i think that's like one way of looking at it that can add insight for us but yeah the other way is just like okay let's break this down i like the idea of three buckets like okay these are things when i'm talking with my child about money that i can think about and i mm -hmm. like i like the term financial parenting i feel like that is like a little more transparent like what we're doing um but this idea of socialization also resonated with me because a lot of the parenting literature talks about how parents are socialization agents. In mm. other words, we teach our kids how to exist in the world. <laughs> we're socializing yeah. them. We're teaching them the like social norms, acceptable behavior, manners, right? We're like, that's right. something that's a role of a parent. And so that made sense to me of like, yeah, that's a thing. That's a parenting skill we already develop for lots of areas. We just want to apply it specifically to like money and finances. 
Right. And like you said, it's uh, something that's often overlooked, right? Mm. So we teach our children about a lot of different subjects, you know, um, like you mentioned. And so this is just another one, which unfortunately, yes, it's another one, you know, along with manners, <laughs> along with manners, we do need to help them understand money mm. and financial yes. decision making. Mm -hmm. There's a lot that, that goes into it. Uh, so I actually have a question for you. I love when we get the chance to share a little bit of our own reality. So by this definition, whether that's the three buckets or the formal definition, what are some of the things that you reflect on that you currently do that's financial parenting or financial socialization in your own life? What are some things that each of us do? Okay. Well, you know, thanks for that question. So uh, in the knowledge bucket, we definitely at our household have a lot of discussions with our daughter. You know, um, oh. this morning on the way to school, uh, she's going to be getting my 87-year-old aunt's used, you know, 20-year-old car. And so oh. she had questions about, well, about insurance and also about ownership over, you know, whose name is it in? Is it going to be in your name? Yeah. And so that was an opportunity for a discussion, right, about liability mm. insurance and yeah. the difference <laughs> between home insurance and auto insurance. Um, so that so so knowledge of what in terms of like um, because of the air, the work I'm in, you know, she may yes. have an affinity to it as well. But we've <laughs> talked about like the difference between savings and investing. So, for example, mm. she's gotten, you know, a lot of our kids will get cash, right, for a because holiday or a birthday. And mm -hmm. so she had accumulated it at five years old. And it's like, you know what, it's time to teach her about financial, like about banking. And so I opened a savings account, got her a debit card. She gets a statement every month. Um, so that's increasing her knowledge, but then also in the skills attitude. But then it also hits that um, the, the skills and the, atti the attitude part so that yeah. she knows that banking and financial services and keeping our money safe is kind of a value that we have and that we we trust the institution that mm. um, that that we're not going to keep it underneath our, our bed. Yes. You know, we're not going to keep it passing pig on piggy bank. Yes, but only for yeah. so long, you know, maybe for loose change. Yes. Well, and you're passing on, you know, a value like so many other things we talk about in parenting. We all have values around money, like what it's yeah. meant to be used for, how we like whether we save it, how we save it, where we save it. Uh, all those things and what are we're values that we for, have. Right. Yes. We what, have, we what we save for. And so yeah. there is there's a lot of things that kind of go into that. Um, another you used two terms earlier when you were kind of walking through this episode. Um, you talked about explicit financial parenting versus implicit financial parenting and that i saw that in some of the stuff that you sent and i was like mm -hmm. that's important for us to like <laughs> understand and reflect on as parents too can you tell us about that yeah sure so so explicit socialization or parenting mm -hmm. versus implicit so explicit is really that intentional clear obvious whether it's a discussion or it's a teaching moment that's mm -hmm. you know that's how we engage in one type of socialization and then the implicit is kind of the unspoken um parenting that happens mm -hmm. so it might be you're modeling behavior but you're not talking about the behavior you it could be based on a communication that you're having with um somebody in your household right um yes. or or a partner and they're observing you could be arguing about money and so that's modeling but it's not like oh i'm gonna this is not a teachable you don't think it's a teachable moment but it actually is because uh, they're learning it, yeah because they're learning and so so when we look at the research the explicit financial socialization is um, really more significantly related or like mm. more important to financial outcomes that we're looking okay. for. So like, are you engaging in healthy financial behaviors, like paying your credit card off in, mm. in full, living within your means, you know, um, 
those types of things that we say, okay, good job. You know, you're, <laughs> you're financially healthy um, yes. versus the implicit isn't as, um, as, as strong. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, our family characteristics are going to make a big, um, have also have an influence on the types of socialization that happens. Right. So yes. um, there's some literature that says that higher income families are more engaged. They engage in more explicit financial socialization than maybe lower mm -hmm. income families. Um, mm -hmm. There's some gender differences so that boys oh. are uh, exposed to more explicit financial socialization than, than, than girls are. So oh, things to be cognizant of when it comes to socialization. Yes. And even, yeah, like these little biases that we can have, like, oh yeah, I've never thought about, do I like across my son or my daughter? Do I talk with one more about something or the other? And so that is, that's important for us to keep in mind that we, that might be, may or may not be a bias that we have. Um, yeah. Right. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. And so exactly. I can actually think of, at first I was like, do I financially socialize my children? Hmm. <laughs> but I do. And I'm, I actually have two examples I can share and one is implicit and one is explicit. So I think like one of the areas that I'm probably doing some implicit like financial parenting is like when my kids join me, when we go to like get our food. So we get our food at the grocery store locally, um, you know, whether you're going to like the food pantry, the gas station, right, wherever you're getting your food. But when my kids go with me, the how I talk about what we're choosing, how I talk about why we don't buy something, uh, you know, and so thinking about that, I'm doing some implicit like, oh, we're not going to get that this time or oh, that's expensive or, right? Like it might not right. be a conscious thing I'm doing. Um, sometimes it is, but a lot of the times it's just like, yeah, we see that mom stops to get coffee when she grabs this, right? That's implicit. That's like a modeling, whether I mean to teach them about that or not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then they're yes. watching you. Are you paying for it with cash? Are oh, you paying yes. for it with a credit card? Are you going to the grocery store with a list? And yes. are you sticking to the list? Are you using coupons? Are you checking yes. flyers before you go shopping? These are all modeling behaviors. You know, are you comparison shopping? Like, you know, mm. you stand for a minute and you look at you look at the aisle of food or you look at the shelves and um, yes. and maybe you talk out loud and say, hey, you know what? The stuff on the top shelves are a little more expensive than the, the bottom shelf. Yes. You know, oh. or. Yeah. There's also, you know, unit pricing. I love unit pricing. Oh, that's a great lesson. I love that. <laughs> something... I feel like we can dig into that in some of our episodes on like the ages they're in. We'll yeah. talk about when we can teach our kids that skill. Mm, and that's something that's actually that I've done with my husband has done with my daughter where he'll, mm. he'll be standing at the grocery store and he'd be like, well, tell, tell me which is the better deal between this mm -hmm. big bag of this and this smaller bag of this. Yes, like and then percent. she has to fit, do, and she has to do the math, and so like numeracy is a big part of financial decisions. Yeah, math and so I know that sometimes as parents we we practice math with our kids, and of course, hopefully they're getting some good um, training in in their schools. But that's mm -hmm. numeracy skills, literacy skills. Um, also, it's built into a lot of financial decisions. So yes. just doing puzzles and math, and mm -hmm. a lot of the um, a lot of the parenting that we do around other topics are. Um, transferable to financial socialization. So things like mm. problem solving and critical thinking, um, yes. teaching those executive function skills, teaching persistence. Um, mm. One thing that I do with my daughter or that we have done is this literacy, um, information literacy and kind of advocacy as a consumer. So mm. she bought a frother because she was really into, you know, she wanted to, into coffee and wanted to froth some oh. milk and the frother did not work when we got it. And so mm. we said, okay, you got to contact the company and you got to 
just see what see what they're going to do for you. And yes. so we've done that a couple of times where we've had her like take a picture of a a bad like a phone case that she wasn't happy with and and just yes. see what see what the company's going to do for you. Mhm. And that process right? The knowledge and the skills and the confidence, right? You're talking about attitudes, the confidence of like, yes, I've done that before successfully. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Those experiences. Yes. Right. When I think of some of the explicit things I do talk with my kids about when it comes to um, money, you know, like financial parenting, actually one last night, my daughter left uh, headphones, which she had recently gotten as a gift. She left headphones, her headphones on the floor, like in her room and my son stepped on them and they broke. And right, so we did some problem solving around like, oh man, I mean, the headphones shouldn't have been on the floor, right? And so we did some explicit kind of conversations around like, who's gonna pay for, like, how are you going to replace these? Are you going to replace these? Do we have money to replace these? Um, but also like caring for the items you have so that you don't have to spend money to replace them needlessly. And then even, yeah, my kids are currently three and six, but like, mm. I was like, you know, are you guys, you're gonna have to problem solve are you both going to have to come up with some money to pay for these? Are you, are you just going to pay for it? You know, I asked my daughter, like, I mean, they shouldn't be on the floor. That's not a good place for them to be safe. And, but like, so we did have some explicit, right? Like problem solving. How would we replace them kinds of things? And mostly because we've been talking about this podcast season. So it's on my brain. Um, but so Ooh. I did, even at a young age, there are opportunities to do some of that explicit teaching. Um, and so we are, we're going to later episodes this season, we'll talk about teaching these concepts at different ages, but there is, there's opportunities. And so I liked your three buckets of like what we're teaching in financial parenting. And then also thinking about it, like, are we teaching these explicitly or some of them are implicitly? Yeah, um, so yeah, exactly. Great. And they're, and they're all important, but, um, when we look at people who have high financial well-being, the knowledge piece is important, but really mm -hmm. not as important. They like people have reported that really what's important is knowing how to do things, right? Mm. Um, so that's one piece. And then the other piece in terms of like attitudes and confidence, uh, people who are there's there's been some studies that have been done that have looked at objective financial knowledge. So if I give you a test on credit scores, let's say, or like okay. you know what makes up me. a credit score, um, and and so that's an objective measure, right, of what you know about credit. So if we mm -hmm. look, have that in uh, a model predicting financial outcomes versus um, subjective financial knowledge, like, Mackenzie, how much do you know about credit? Tell me. You know, and you're like, oh, oh I don't want to scale one to 10. I'd give myself about a nine. Mm -hmm. Well, that confidence. It wouldn't, piece, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get you there. But so, so your, your confidence, that confidence measure is a stronger predictor than objective mm. financial knowledge. And so, and even if you're under, and there's, uh, we had a, a student do a thesis here last couple of years who looked at underconfidence and overconfidence. And so people who are mm. underconfident, they kind of freeze up and don't want to act, you know, basically because they're fearful oh. of making a, ma a bad decision, making a mm -hmm. bad move, you know, in terms of their finances. And so that's equally detrimental as, Yes. Like being overconfident actually isn't good either because, you know, if we look at like an investment, the, the research on investment behavior, if you're going in and out of the market, you know, or if you think you know more than you do and you're trying to time the market, like the stock market, or, you know, that can actually end up costing you a lot of money. And so there's mm -hmm. some, a little bit of research on that too. So interesting. So building a confident child is what I would yes. say, you know, that they, they feel, and again, you know, confidence, self-efficacy is a financial self-efficacy is something that is, um, studied in my area too, that is basically, I can affect, I can affect change in my finances. I don't have control. Mm. I have control. It doesn't have control over me. 
Yes. Um, you know, that and belief. so if you have that confidence and belief that you can make a change, that it's not hopeless, then um, yeah, then you're in a good place. All right. That's good to know. So yeah, there's like this self-efficacy piece and yeah, you're talking about the confidence and the benefits of confidence of yeah. like just that belief, even if I maybe, yeah, if you were quizzing me and I, maybe I wouldn't score that high, but if I believed like, but I am competent and I am capable and I can affect it, that there's positive just in that, like the belief that you can do that as exactly. long as it's not inflated, right? As long as it's not like too much. Yeah. You don't want to be overconfident. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so, interesting. Yep. Out of the three buckets, that last attitudes yes. and confidence is very almost as important as the probably definitely more important than, than knowledge, I would even yeah. say, you know. <laughs> All right. Um, That's interesting. Because you can well, find so, knowledge. Yeah. Right. Oh, yes. Yeah. You, you well, can find the information. So mm -hmm. you can go yeah. get it, right? We're yeah. the information yeah. age. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <sighs> Oh, well, I am so glad to just like have this conversation talking about like, what are all these ideas that go into this? What are the things we are teaching? What are the things we maybe wish should be teaching more or yeah, like all these terms that can inform how we parent our kids related to money. And we're going to dig into more of them right throughout this whole season. Um, but I wanted to take pause in this first episode and be like, what's the research say? Like, why is this so important? You're like, okay, yes, financial socialization, financial parenting. Sure. Why not? <laughs> but why? <laughs> like, what are the, what's the value? What are the, what are the benefits or the reasons why it's worth doing? Um, so I actually, you sent me so much good stuff. And so I'm reading through these articles and I, I couldn't pick just one. I couldn't pick just one, like one study or one citation that I was like, that covers all of it. I was like, no, they're actually talking about a lot of different things, like a lot of different reasons and benefits. So we have a few little tidbits here. So will you start us with the first one? Like, what's one of the reasons it's sure. worth doing? Yeah. So this kind of gets into that um, that implicit socialization, mm. right? So it's a study by Shim, who's at Arizona and colleagues, um, was at Arizona. When parents practice responsible financial behaviors, their children are more knowledgeable about money use and, and they also demonstrate responsible financial behavior. Mm. So if you have responsible parents who are responsible about their finances, it's going to it's going to stick with their kids, too. Okay, great. Also, I think it's really cool that like I read these citations. I'm like, yes, yeah, so and so, and you're like, no, this is like a human person that you know. That's really cool. That's really cool. <laughs> oh, She's now so the dean at Wisconsin. Just so oh, you know. Cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Okay, so financial responsible financial behaviors can be passed from parent to child. That's one reason why it's important for us to do that socialization and parenting. Okay, here's another one. In a 2011 study with college students by Solheim and colleagues, they found that students with parents who had four, that's hard for me to say, poor <laughs> financial habits, often those students adopted those same poor habits. So the benefits of habits, right, with positive habits is what it sounds like Shim was finding. And then Solheim kind of found the opposite, like with poor habits, those can also be passed on. Yeah, yeah. So, mm -hmm. so these are all quantitative studies. And, um, you know, a lot of qualitative work. And even just in my experience in small group work, when you ask somebody, tell me something you learned during your childhood, you know, maybe mm -hmm. something your parent or guardian taught you. Those like about are some, money? About money. Yeah, okay. about money. Thank you. Yeah. So <laughs> they kind of, you know, those are just some of the richest conversations, you know, that people, mm. it's just so fascinating to hear what sticks with someone from childhood that, you know, they pick up on that either they decide, I really want to, like, 
I had someone tell me, oh, you know, my grandmother would write down absolutely everything in, you know, she was raised by her grandmother, absolutely everything in a book. And then we would, um, you know, if we wanted to take anything out, we would have to write it in, you know, borrow a little money out of this pot, then we would have to write Mm -hmm. that money down, you know, write that amount down. Um, And then someone else who said that, oh, my, you know, parents were just really present oriented and they spent every dime they got as soon as they got it. And so there were Mm -hmm. negative consequences. So those are two cases where one person said this was a really good habit that I'd like to adapt as an adult versus mm-hmm. another one who said, gosh, I don't want to do that, you know, because um, they knew the consequences of of kind of the, that irresponsible. I don't want to say irresponsible, but that money choice um, that they yes. made for the present and not thinking about the future. But we know that mm. future orientation is good for financial well-being. So. so like when we can think about and like delay for the future benefit, right? That's like future orientation is that yes. idea, right? Yes, okay. exactly. Exactly. Being right. good to your future self. Okay. So, yeah. Interesting. So what we're doing sticks as, you know, as parents, that's mm. the point uh, that I'm trying mm. to make that yes. I, I hear it in stories and we hear it in qualitative research. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, so it's worth doing because those habits that we pass on are they're, they're passed on. <laughs> they like our kids often will take them on. Okay. Another tidbit. And I liked this one. I th- felt like this was very strengths-based uh, 2020 study by Stevenson and colleagues. Uh, so they were talking, looking at family and finances and they found that feelings of family cohesion. So basically like when kids feel like there are people who care about me, I belong here. There's like this level of togetherness in their family. So when there's feelings of family cohesion, that those positively influence someone's social support and their overall well-being, which ultimately has benefits for if they face financial challenges. So regardless of, right, like not even talking about money habits, not talking about like the quality of the relationship you have with your child has impact on their financial well-being later. Yes. How well resilience is a term I've heard you use, like financial resilience, how well they can handle challenges um, related to finances, like even that. So even if we don't have a lot of money, right, like a lot of money to pass down to our children, even if we can't buy a lot, right, a lot of like luxury things or whatever that is, whatever our financial, like our income or status is, even just the quality of our relationship can benefit our kids financially in the long term. And I just find that like that gives me so much hope. (laughs) Right. Like I don't have to be getting everything right all the time. The relationship I'm building with them is going to benefit them even in financial well-being. Yes, because you're um, and and doesn't it make sense? I mean, we're building a foundation. Right. If if we're warm, if we're affectionate, if we're supportive, if we're not overly um, harsh with our, our children. Mm -hmm. And we develop a warm, high quality, warm relationship with them. It's going to it's going to spill over into every aspect of their life. Yes, you which know, that's I mean, great. That's, yeah, what we're, that's yeah. what we're shooting for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the fact that you can link, you know, you have studies that link it to finances, that's pretty cool, right? Right, yeah. right. Okay, and then one more. I thought this one was cool too. Uh, so not just financial <laughs> well-being. Um, a study, a 2021 study by LeBaron and Kelly says financial parenting um, may also contribute to physical, academic, and relational health. So even beyond like when we can help our kids be financially well, maybe that's not like a huge value for you, but likely one of those is right. Like we want our kids to be physically well or to do well academically or like to have positive relationships. I mean, hopefully financially, you know, as well, but it's going to benefit those other areas, which makes sense, right? Like where we spend our time can affect our relationships and that can be related to money. Even like activities we can engage in for our physical health. There are some physical like hobby, like I think of like hiking, 
that might be expensive to some people or like joining a gym might be expensive or yeah, even like the education we have access to or the support for that education. Like those things can be related to money. So it makes sense that the well-being can be beneficial there too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So all of those outcomes, health, physical, um, academic, I, 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 when you're we're reading that, what it really makes me think of is that, you know, as parents, again, those general skills that we're teaching them, mm -hmm. uh, things like problem solving, critical thinking, literacy, mm -hmm. numeracy, that is going to be transferable to areas of health, right? Because financial and health behaviors, there's a lot of similarities there. Um, yes. And then and then academic uh, outcomes, right? So persistence was something I mentioned earlier. And so a, a, students be able, a student who's able to persist, persist mm. gets through maybe two years of college or four years of college, whatever their goal is, yes. um, versus, but persistence is a skill, right? That you mm -hmm. have to, that, that, you have to, that you have to build, right? To be able to mm -hmm. follow through on things and to finish something and have closure. Oh. Yes. Yeah. So transferable skills. Yes. Transferable skills. Yep. <laughs> that you're that you're teaching when you're financial. Yeah. When you're doing some financial socialization strategies in terms of skill building, know that mm. it's going to pay off in other areas. Yes. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Okay. Know, so right? we get right, a lot oh, of bang for our buck here. Oh yeah. Oh man. <laughs> okay. In our last season on food, we had a food counter pun. I bet we could get some. That money. was bad. I bet that we I could go that. like bake for buck. I bet we could do it. <laughs> Get some good like financial puns in here. Oh, funny. Okay, so we're yeah, right this season. We're talking all about financial parenting, financial socialization. I love hearing just like all the tidbits. You're like, yes, there's literature on. I love all that. So glad you're here to share them. Um, one of the things we like to do in our episodes is to kind of come around to this idea of like, okay, you shared some research, shared some examples of your own reality, but like, how is this going to apply to our listeners' reality? And so one of the things in one of the articles you shared from Cerrito in 2016 um, talks about the three aspects of financial parenting. And so basically, like, what do we teach? And so they broke it down into content, access, and style. And so I wanted to kind of hear your thoughts and have you explain to listeners what these are. And so we can kind of keep them in the back of our minds here. So let's start yeah. with that idea of content. What's sure. the content we teach? Yeah. So the content is kind of a parallel to the bucket that is knowledge. What okay. are we teaching? What information are we providing them? Um, what are we teaching? Um, so for example, how to budget would be an example, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so, or teaching them about money. Uh, they learn about what what currency is, but then Ooh. maybe bringing them to a more abstract level of what credit is. And then maybe the difference between savings and investing. Um, you talked about... Uh, the headphones, right? That's kind mm, of yeah. property ownership and Ooh. treating property, something that you own with respect because mm -hmm. you paid, you know, a lot of hard work went into probably, you know, paying for that and making the money right. to get it, right? Um, having a lemonade stand, you know, there, there's Ooh. entrepreneurship messages, right? In, in a lemonade stand. So anyway, mm -hmm. so, so how to run that, that, so that's content, right? Okay. Um, and then it's like the what it sounds like, like the, the content what. is like the what you teach. Like it's like the topic basically. Right? Yes. What? Okay. Yeah, exactly. What do you want your child to know so they can function in the world? Um, okay. Right. So, and it's about, about again, any variety of topics, topics related to, to money. Um, the mm -hmm. second piece is access. And so that really reflects the, um, the types of opportunities that you're giving your child. Mm. Um, and so it's, it could be based on what you can offer them, oh, yes. but then you could be very intentional as well. So, but when we talk about access and inclusion in general, um, like the general field of financial 
well-being, we're really talking about a person's ability to access credit, to have access to financial markets. Um, okay, yes. a lot of there are a lot of barriers that exist that are structural barriers and system barriers for mm. people. So um, a lot of people are blocked out of the credit system because of their um, maybe they've had some previous, uh, you know, uh, unfortunate management of their credit, yes. or maybe they don't have steady income, you know, mm -hmm. um, so there's certain things that they don't have enough to, to money to put into a deposit to start an account. Um, so there could yes. be a variety of barriers. But um, mm -hmm. so access, I think, is a really important piece. But oh, when yeah. I think about it in terms of financial socialization, um, you know, the example that I gave for my daughter that, okay, I, I taught her how to open a bank account, right? And so mm -hmm. I have access to a financial bank account. Um, there are some neighborhoods that don't have banks and financial services yes. there because of, of safety issues. You know, it's so not everybody mm -hmm. has has that opportunity, unfortunately. Um, and they may be using different types of financial sectors. So the alternative financial yes. sector would be those things like payday loaners, uh, payday loans and 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 pawn shops. And okay. um, and that's a viable form of financial service for some communities. Um, yes. because there's not like a traditional institution. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. that makes sense. And I think, yeah, I think, you know, like thinking about access from both of those perspectives too, of the opportunities we can, like we create, but also that some people are going to have more barriers, right? Some people are going to have more barriers to the access to create those opportunities for their kids. I even think of like, my friends. And yes, I was fortunate that I was able to go to like a four-year college and those things, even that, like I had access to that. But even within some of my friends, like the access that they had, like their parents maybe gave them more access to opportunities than I had. I had some friends that had less access to those opportunities. Um, and so that is something we do as parents. Again, whether it's explicit or implicit, we do create opportunities um, for them to learn. So, okay. So content, and then access. Um, those are two things we teach in financial parenting. And the last one is style. Style. Yeah. So that is how we as parents communicate um, financial information with our children and in our family. Right. So think about um, friendship and like disclosure. Right. Okay. Uh, and so your closeness with your friend increases with the amount of disclosure. Right. That. Mm -hmm. And and so same thing with parent child information and financial information, right? Well, okay, let me let me back up a little bit. Can but, be, can, can be, be can be, can be related. Yeah. So so disclosure of like what kind of information you share and why is kind mm -hmm. of one style, uh, but it does foster trust, you know, and it can influence um, your parent child relationship if you do disclose a little bit of financial information, if you are open, transparent, and honest mm -hmm. to, to whatever degree you're comfortable, right? But there, yes. everybody has a different level of comfort with how much they're going to disclose and how much um, they want to share. And so, you know, some people may be avoidant. Some people may have been, you know, their socialization was that we don't talk about money, which a lot of, mm -hmm. you hear that phrase a lot, a you lot. know, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, so that style of parenting, uh, which is related to financial parenting, yeah. is, yeah, how are you communicating about money? You know, are, mm. are you arguing about money? Um, are you expressing stress about money? Are you um, highlighting the fact that you're working hard for your money? I know, you know, yes. I when my daughter was younger, you know, I work because I get a paycheck and the paycheck goes to spending money on bills. Right. And mm -hmm. so ideally we have a little bit left over so that from our needs so that we can go and pay for some wants. Right. Yes. So these are all conversations that, um, well, that ideally happen in the household, but it just depends on, on the parent and the level of communication that they want to share, you know? Yes. And so a few things that I kind of hear you, like 
I feel like I hear you getting at is this idea, yeah, of like how much transparency you have about money things is like part of your style. But I also kind of hear this idea of like intent mm-hmm. with with how you communicate, right? So like your intent when you communicate about like financial topics, I, you know, because your intent might be to teach your child, right? To help build their knowledge. Your intent, I mean, it could be to like control like a financial behavior, right? Like, oh, don't spend that. Um, it could be even to guilt our child or you know, I think like communicating a value might be our intent, right? Like in order to have enough for what we want or in order to provide for our family or in order to save for the future, right? Whatever your financial values are, there's a lot of reasons, like a lot of different kinds of intent that could be a part of it, but that that would also fit into style. Yeah, it would. And yeah. so I, w- I would um, urge parents to kind of do this, you know, listen to themselves as they talk to their kids about money. Mm-hmm. And when children ask about money and or even if they ask about buying something, which is what we all get driven crazy uh, by as yes. parents, when you go to a grocery store, it's like, you know, you're going to end up spending more money when you bring your child uh, to the grocery store because there's right, all this great ask. stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And so how do you say no? Right. Mm-hmm. And how do you say yeah? When do you say yes? And mm-hmm. so that's a way of you're communicating all the time. You know, yes. if you just say no, because I said so, well, why don't you explain? It's not on the grocery mm-hmm. list this week. Um, but we do. Mm-hmm. And I think you used a great example in an earlier conversation about we had this on the list as a snack. We already oh. got it. So we were not going to buy an additional snack. You know, yes, like so- we chose to put something on the list. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, like, literally in the last week like we are buying crackers as like a snack our family can enjoy this week we're not also going to buy i mean like cookies or pretzels or like we chose something um yeah yeah so i didn't so you're reason, showing okay. discipline so Ooh, right so yeah. you're influencing that that bucket that's called attitudes right mm. and and confidence you're showing discipline is something you can exercise as a skill mm. and you can teach discipline but you're also demonstrating it and modeling it right you're yeah. saying no we're sticking oh. to the list Yes. Okay. So we have content, right? Three aspects of financial parenting, the content, the, the what we teach, the access, the opportunities we create, and then the style, the how we communicate about money are all things that we teach to our kids. Some of the ways we do financial parenting or financial socialization. So yeah. a lot of good stuff here. And we're going to just kind of get like more and more information throughout the season of how we teach our kids. Why, what, yeah. Why, what, how, I mean, who, I guess <laughs> all of them. <laughs> uh, but this brings us to our first stop, breathe, talk of the season here, Suzanne. So, right. We bring our producer Mackenzie DeYoung in. She asks us an off the cuff question. So what has she got to ask us about financial? Oh, I'm nervous. This is my first. Uh, <laughs> are you ready? I should have asked. Are you ready? Are you ready? <laughs> Yeah, I'm ready. Welcome, first of all, Suzanne, <laughs> to the Science of Parenting, and welcome to being, um, oh, what's the word I want to use? I probably should be nice, but you, you have to do this. You get to do it. I, I'm just going <laughs> to. Like required, <laughs> mandatory. <laughs> I kind of feel mean sometimes when I just ask like random questions, but mm. I actually have a question from Barb today. Mm. Um, and she is wondering as a parent, which of the points of knowledge, access, or style should you focus on like first mm. or which one is like most important to start early for that like long-term benefit? So with access, knowledge, or style, which one should we start first? I can tell you which one I feel like I'm doing first. Like, since my kids are young, if we're going first by age, like, Mm -hmm. 
Okay, for you would go by age because since I have littles, I feel like the thing I communicate more often is kind of the style, right? Like the like how I talk about it, when I talk about it. Um, yeah, that I don't feel like I'm always teaching a lot of content yet. Though you're already teaching me, Suzanne, that I do it more than I think I do. Mm-hmm. Like I am sharing those values and things more than I think. But I feel like I kind of am, which of those am I doing first? At, when they're youngest, it's how I, right? It's the the choices that I make mm-hmm. and the way they observe it, I feel like. What do you act like? You have a more informed opinion than I do, right? No. <laughs> so what? What's your What's your take? So, so the three, rather than like content, access, and style, mm. can I back up, up to the buckets of knowledge, skills, and attitudes? Oh. I mean, you can. I stole my DOS. <laughs> <laughs> can I not answer your question? And can I change the question? I mean, to be fair, it is your first okay. time. It should be nice. Huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So what you should be working. Okay. I'll stick to your, I'll stick to your, uh, between, I, I would say between style access and content, I would think that style is going to be oh, okay. the thing that you should think about because it is, um, your communications foundational right? Because you're either implicitly or explicitly communicating about money. Um, And so it could be because the style impacts the content, right? Mm -hmm. And the style impacts um, the access in a way. Like Mm -hmm. I'm open about money. And so, yeah, I'm going to let you uh, have a lemonade stand. I'm going to let you have a part-time summer job. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I would say style because um, we can have knowledge and skills, but it's that that openness. You know, if you've learned from your family, like from your parents, to be open, um, to be um, comfortable with money, not be there's no shame around money, mm-hmm. um, not taboo, then you will face the world with more of an open. You'll face a financial decision more openly in a way, mm-hmm. right? Like I can acquire skills, I can acquire knowledge, but that attitude is a little bit harder to influence once it's Ooh. right. Once you kind of establish it. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of my off the cuff Ooh. thinking. That was, a tough I like question. that. Thinking. Okay. But now I want to know what you were going to say about the buckets. I <laughs> <laughs> Well, the, but yeah, well, the buckets are kind of the same thing. It's, it's mm-hmm. the, ad, I, I, I kind of wiggled my way into answering it the way I wanted to, but um, cause it's knowledge skills yeah, yeah. you can learn, but it's that added to the, as humans, we pretty much have a tendency to, um, we have a hard time with decisions. We have a hard time being motivated. You know, let's face it, managing money is not fun and glamorous. There are mm-hmm. that small population of people that really dig it. Mm-hmm. Most people don't, you know? <laughs> um, and so, so if you can influence the, it's, it's that um, attitude toward, towards it that I think is so important. Um, that if you don't have the motivation to act mm-hmm. on your knowledge and skills, uh, because you're paralyzed, because you don't want to make the decision, because you're afraid, you're underconfident. Um, that's going to be pretty detrimental. So I would say, yeah, again, it's the more and more the research is showing it's like personal traits that are m- more important than hmm. even things like income, you know? I mean, okay. it's, yeah. So interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was saying, you're going to have so much, I'm, like, I'm already ready. Like, okay, tell me other things throughout the season. Tell us all the things. <laughs> question and you nailed it so yeah. <laughs> wow so oh. the breathing comes after i answer the question right 
<laughs> well, it's kind of supposed to come before. I mean, uh... <laughs> no, for me, it was stop, can no longer breathe. No kidding. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, awesome. Well, thanks for that question, Ken. I'll say, yes. I know you'll have a lot through a lot of good ones throughout the season. So we, kind of look forward to those <laughs> kind of live in fear of those but that's okay uh so thanks everybody for listening in today we are just getting started on this idea of financial parenting financial socialization thinking about those three buckets thinking about that we are socialization agents that we are teaching <laughs> our kids about money whether it's implicit on accident or on purpose with intention. And so we do. And there's a lot of benefits to why and how that happens, uh, thinking about the things that we pass on, whether we mean to or not. Right. And so a lot of good stuff to dig into. And I loved this model of like, what are the three aspects of what we teach? Okay. Just like Suzanne's three buckets, it's like this idea, content, access, and style. So you're going to get even more ways to think about it throughout the season. So we're just starting here, but a lot more good stuff to come, right, Suzanne? Will oh, you tell yes. us what's next episode? I will. In our next episode, we're going to dig a little deeper into the idea of reflecting um, about um, what influences our money habits and beliefs. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're going to hopefully... Yes. reflect on as parents a little research in there and a little reality of like what influences <laughs> our money so awesome well thanks for joining us today on the science of parenting podcast a friendly reminder that you can follow along uh or subscribe to our weekly audio podcast on apple spotify or your favorite podcast app so you don't miss anything that's coming out the rest of this season yeah. So come along as we tackle the ups and downs, the ins and outs, and the research and reality all around the science of parenting. The Science of Parenting is hosted by Mackenzie Johnson, produced by Mackenzie DeYoung, with research and writing by Barbara Dunn Swanson. Send in questions and comments to parenting at iastate.edu and connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. This institution is an equal opportunity provider. For the full non-discrimination statement or accommodation inquiries, go to www.extension.iastate.edu slash diversity slash ext.